0: Welcome to The Soul Traveler Podcast, an exploration of conscious living with your host, Jennifer Mitchell of The Soul Experience. Join Jennifer as she explores the quantum realms of the subconscious mind and all aspects of spirituality. Driven by curiosity and a thirst for knowledge, topics will stretch the boundaries of your imagination and revive your mind, body, and soul.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Soul Traveler Podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Mitchell. Today, I am joined by Marie Miller. Marie is a Theta Healy Certificate of Science. She is an empathy coach and a rune reader. Her gifts started after an MDE at age two and a half, and she spent her life learning more about her gifts, magic, and how to create miracles. Welcome to the show today, Marie. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today, Jennifer. Yes. I'm so excited to dive right in and get to know all about your work and what you do. I'd love if you can start off by telling us about your story. It sounds fascinating from your bio. and so I really would love to hear about your journey and your story. Okay. So when I was two and a
2: half, my mom was shelling walnuts behind the garage. She had a vision that I was in trouble, ran to the front of the garage and found out that I was being run over by a car. So there's a little bit of an accident. Wow. The car stopped on my chest, which is when she got my dad to stop driving. An argument ensued. And what was going on with me is I actually did die. And I was trying to decide if I'm going to stay or not.
1: Oh, my goodness. So
2: when I go into meditations and go back into this moment, I'm actually always outside of it. But I can see and feel my little body crumpling.
1: Hmm.
2: And so the car was thrown into reverse. I was taken to the hospital. Everything was fine. The doctors actually said my mom was overreacting because there was absolutely nothing wrong with me. So in that moment, I made the decision, "No, I have work to do. I'm not going out like this. This is silly. Fixed my body, came back in. But after that, I started seeing ghosts all the time. But I didn't know they were ghosts. they were just my friends. That's just grandma I'm kicking it with. It was just normal for me.
1: Wow. And, and so was what story. was that like growing up? Did you have anybody that you could fight in or talk with? Did your mom understand? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like she maybe was a little connected or? Yeah, mom grew
2: up with gifts, but didn't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. She grew up really super Catholic. She was a nun for a while. <laughs> but my grandmother also, everyone said, if she prays for you, you're going to get better. So there was always like this little underlay of mysticism, and magic in our family, even though they didn't use the word. Mm-hmm. And what happened is when... I would say something weird. Mom would just get this look on her face, go kind of still, go out of the room. And then next time she went to the library, she'd come back with a whole bunch of books because she didn't know how to help me, but she knew she had to not react mm-hmm. in from a place of fear.
1: Mm-hmm. And did you understand, or I guess at what age did you understand that you were seeing ghosts and that you weren't <laughs>
0: – mm.
1: Hanging out with, you know, your grandparents that are still alive.
2: (laughs) It took a while, honestly. I think after I hit the phase where I was living two minutes in the future, I'd be like, hey, sister, your stupid boyfriend's calling. And I was doing that thing. Mm -hmm. I realized I was different when my precognition started to come in. When I was, like I said, living a few minutes in the future and knew what was about to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, I can do this thing my sisters can't do. There's something different about me. And so really around the age of like nine or 10 is when I started to realize that I might be different. I am so
1: fascinated by NDEs. So when you go back to that place, and well, first off, let me back up. Do you have memories of what happened in that moment at all or only like when you're like meditating and something will pop up and come back to you? What is that like?
2: So I actually had no idea what had happened to me. My family didn't talk about it because there was a lot of shame and guilt and heavy energies on my dad's side. And mom just didn't talk about unpleasant things back then. Mm -hmm. And so the first time I actually heard about it when I was 14 and mom was studying to become a minister. And that was the topic of her first ever, first time she preached, was on the miracle that God gave her to save her daughter. Wait, you didn't didn't even know? (laughs) Know what happened? I just knew that I had a little bit of kidney problems. I wasn't supposed to like play tackle football with the neighborhood kids, and that somehow I was like more delicate. But no one ever said why or talked about it. And so I'm a preteen, like full of hormones. (laughs) My parents are divorced, and this and there's like a bomb that got dropped on my life. So finding out about it was like a whole thing.
1: I can. I'm just like putting myself in that position. I mean. Was there kids from school there? Because you know how kids at school <laughs> could be. I, I'm just thinking, like, I can't imagine being in that position and, you know, finding out, A, you know, why your mom is, like, telling the story and you have no idea. And then, B, you know, what was that like afterwards once you did have that knowledge?
2: I mean, I had a lot of resentment towards my dad to sort through, sure. to be honest. We yeah. were already kind of on the outs. Mm -hmm. Because we didn't have the best relationship. I always felt like he loved my sister more. There's all this like, I'm not a boy sort of things that happen when you grow up in a family of three girls. Mm -hmm. So it definitely complicated that relationship. But I finally came to terms with the fact that I was never really going to know the whole truth. Yeah. And it led me to understand like, there's my version of the truth, his version. And Mm -hmm. like, because I I did confront him about it when I was in my 20s, but never got a, a
1: full answer. Yeah. Wow. And so now you've stepped into your gifts. (laughs) What was that like for you? So did you ever have like a career before you stepped in, kind of fully accepted all your gifts and started doing this type of work? Or did you, since you've had your abilities since such a young age, did you just kind of start off knowing that this was your path and helping people?
2: Well, I knew it was my path to help people, but I didn't know exactly how I was going to help people because one of my gifts was seeing everyone's past trauma and – When I was young, I'm like, what is that good for? I didn't understand the value with some of my gifts, so it took me a while. And for a while, I wanted to go into Western medicine, but that was definitely not my path. I did end up, while I was waiting, basically had to wait for my teachers to write their books so they could teach me. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, I did have a good career in theater. I started out as a lighting designer, and then I became technical director, and then just started my own company for a while, doing horror theater.
1: Yeah. When did you step into this work full time or a transition, you know, into this type of work?
2: Well, I started my business in 2012. So, but I, I, did, I didn't do one of those things where you step fully into it. I'm like mm-hmm. inching, like a little bit like dipping my toe in the water. So it basically went from, it was like 5% of my energy to a hundred over maybe eight years. So I did a really slow transition. A lot of people like I got fired and started it the next day. I'm like, nope. I had my training wheels on for a long time.
1: I'm just laughing because I did the opposite. Like I had no plan and like I just went in, and quit, and then it was like, I'm going to do this. (laughs) And I'm thinking like, man, I should have done it your way, like the smarter way. (laughs) But I just, I couldn't, I was at a point in my career, I was like, I couldn't do it anymore. So
2: well, the yeah. um, universe had so to push he, me out of a job. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have was been miserable away. when I was in the corporate world. It was my last position. I was senior director in banking, and it was really it was a lot. So now you do th- Theta Healing. So for those who are not familiar with Theta Healing, if you can tell us exactly like, what goes into a session, what is that like? So Theta Healing is based on the premise that your body
2: is just a representation of what you believe subconsciously, what your ancestors believed. Mm-hmm. So when we do a session, we usually start off with just checking your aura, cleaning it, making sure you don't have some, any unhealthy connections maybe doing a little bit of soul retrieval or healings. And then we just go into a conversation. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out what happened when you were two and a half that you might have forgotten about or what happened when you were five so you had this negative belief for a few minutes mm-hmm. and it's throwing a wrench in your life now and we resolve those. And sometimes we go into the ancestry or past lives, just wherever the conversation needs to go.
1: What inspired you to be a Theta healing practitioner? Did you have like a session and then knew it was your path or – Yeah, when I moved from Cleveland to San Diego,
2: I was having daily migraines. And I just knew I didn't want to just take a pill and make it go away or tamp down the symptoms. And I just ran into someone who was a Theta Healer, Her husband did nutrition, and they, I just started seeing them every Monday. And after three months, I didn't have any more migraines.
1: It's interesting. So I am a quantum healing practitioner, QHHT. And a big part of that is we have the subconscious mind scan the body And my findings, when someone has migraines, usually like 95% of the time, the subconscious mind will say it's fear. Uh, The the, the root cause Mm -hmm. is fear-based, somewhere like an incident or situation or past life that you know, has implanted like that fear in the mind. And then that's what's causing the migraines. Do you find that as well in your work? Does that resonate?
2: Well, usually when I stand for migraines, because I go to the p- part of the body instead of the emotion first, yeah. I go to the body and then the emotion. So I always get drawn into any part of the body but the head, mm. which is interesting because I'm always being shown that the headaches are caused by something outside of the head.
1: Mm.
2: But yes, I have seen there was a correlation with, with fear
1: to it. Right? Yeah. It's interesting. That's why I love learning about so many different modalities. What do you think separates, like, theta healing from other types of he- of healing? Like Honestly, it's
2: really similar to a
1: lot of mm. healings. What it feels
2: like I'm doing when I'm teaching people to become theta healers is helping them remember things that are in their lineage that we've forgotten. Because mm. so much of things that we teach are really just a remembering of how we used to heal and how we used to connect. So it has a lot of things in common with a lot of different modalities and a lot of different religions.
1: Yeah. You know what I find so interesting, Marie, is some, you know, we do the work and programs run subconsciously. I'll just compare it to like a computer. <laughs> and we, we do the work, you know, so we, we control out, delete the program. But sometimes they can get relaunched. And I was actually had to surprise myself Because I did a session earlier this week, I swapped with another style of hypnosis because I wanted to experience it. as different than mine, and holy heck, I was completely shocked to find out like what programs have been relaunched. (laughs) You know, my subconscious is like bringing up. I was like, I've already done the work on this, and so it's so interesting how we have to continue doing the work because stuff gets retriggered or, I guess, like relaunched. You know, it could be something small that happens in a day that boom, that program reopens up and it starts running subconsciously in the background and those thoughts and those beliefs and everything that is carried along with it. So yeah, it's, yeah I think that emotions and things in our past are always like the root cause of aches, pains, blocks that we have in our current life. Well, I find there's two different reasons
2: why things get relaunched. Mm-hmm. Number one is because you're still learning a lesson from it, like you're still getting a virtue or you're still getting power or motivation from it. Mm-hmm. Or because sometimes there's two different reasons why you had that program to begin with. So maybe you found the first one and all that work was amazing the first time,
1: but you're like, okay, but there's a secondary reason. Mm, I've seen that too where things come up again. Yeah, that actually really resonates. It's so interesting. I'm so fascinated, you know, everything about like the subconscious mind and it's just – We've barely begun to tap into you know, everything that can go on and the power of the body and the mind connection. It's incredible. Hazel Travelers, pardon the interruption, but I just have to tell you about quantum healing hypnosis because one session forever changed my life and now I'm living my purpose to help others just like you. I was so lost in my life and absolutely miserable in my career until I received the guidance needed from a higher self now I'm spreading awareness about the life-changing modality of quantum healing hypnosis. In one single session, we will spend the day journeying deep into your subconscious mind and unlock the hidden wisdom within, you will revisit a past life, explore what your soul does between lifetime. Your subconscious mind will scan your body, looking for health concerns, and perform self-healing. They'll even connect directly to the Akashic Records so that you could get your most important life questions answered. Quantum healing hypnosis is absolutely nothing like a traditional hypnosis session. And you know that everything is 100% legitimate because nothing is being filtered through a third-party practitioner and your higher self will never misguide you. Your session is audio recorded so that you could listen back and play all of the advice that your higher self spoke to you under hypnosis. So if you're ready for personal growth and a positive change, then it's time to discover the essence of who you truly are. Book a session with me today. SoulExperiences.com. Now back to the show. I'd love to shift gears and talk about runes because you are a rune reader. And when I saw that, I was like, how exciting. Cause I've never actually had anybody on the show who does rune reading. So for listeners out there, can you explain exactly what rune reading is? Well,
2: most modern people know runes from they associate them with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And there are actually a few letters in the Icelandic la- uh, language that are leftovers that like they literally do have a few runes in their alphabet, But they were actually it's a an ancient writing system started by the Teutons or Germanic area mm-hmm. and it spread. We just know it from Iceland and the Vikings because that was the last place that it was because a lot of other places Christianity came and wiped it out. So it's a series of 24 or 25 tiles, depending on which system you use. There is some in the community, a little bit of drama Mm -hmm. about that. So we won't go into, but there's basically three lineages. There is a British, like a UK one. There is Icelandic and Norwegian, Mm -hmm. and each one of them has a poem. So it's a series of symbols that are also letters, but also have deeper meanings that you can do readings with. And they're generally
1: made out of bone, stone, or wood. That is so cool. So, like, what goes into a reading? So, like, when you give a reading, like, can it be on, like, anything? Like, does the person like, ask you, can, I'm, I'm curious about this, or is it just something that's, like, an overview? It's a great question because I also read tarot. Uh-huh. And so, room to have a special ability that you
2: can try to ask something, mm-hmm. but they're going to tell you what you need to know. So, oftentimes, they're going to override. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I'll use them at the end of a session when we've already talked about the things that the person thinks they want to know. And they're like, she what you really need to know. And I also use them sometimes to also read the body. I will put one down for each of the chakras to talk about what energy is inside of them. But there's a lot of different ways. Some people will actually take and just throw them all down and you read them in relationship, spatial relationship to each other. I
1: feel like that's what I've seen like in movies. You know, Hollywood does such a great way of putting a spin on things that aren't maybe exactly the way it's done. <laughs> Like for instance, like hypnosis, <laughs> and I always have to correct the, you know the perception on that. It's like no, it's you know it's it's not like that. And so when you interpret the results, is there like a book that you use or a guide? Or there are a few different sources that I use to learn, but ultimately
2: it's a tool to help you channel information.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm always going to be very much in tune with not just what is the book or what is my past say this rune means but also what is the clear message i'm getting now because i actually do when i teach runes i do teach from all three poems i do teach like the british the norwegian and the icelandic because it's three different perspectives on it because like i said it's so ancient Mm -hmm. that like it went to all these different places and they all developed their energy around it and i find my students resonate with one of the three
1: that's really cool i appreciate the history on that because i didn't actually know that there was you know that there's different types of runes, or even what they were made out of. I just see, the, you know, they shake it and they would throw it, and so it, it's really interesting to hear that there's so much more that goes into that. So you mentioned channeling, <clears throat> and you are also you are a channeler, is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, and is so? Did you start? When did you start channeling? Was it when you were younger, or when you maybe opened up or expanded more into your gifts? Honestly,
2: I think it started when I was doing more professional tarot card reading because in my long journey to go pro and to have it be all of my income and all Mm -hmm. of my work, I ended up working in an event where I would do anywhere from 50, and I think my biggest day was like 100 readings in a day. Wow, wow. And I would just get in a zone. And I noticed that it wasn't even about what the cards were saying, that the information was flowing. Mm. And so it just it really happened naturally Mm -hmm. just through practice and just being in the zone and just being in a space where I could do things over and over and over again.
1: Yeah. So like myself… I've channeled under hypnosis and I notice like when I fully surrender, that seems to be like when it happens. <laughs> and I've always been shocked every time I do it because I don't really consider myself like a channeler. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. I think that like for me, anyways, <clears throat> when I'm in that space where I'm just allowing, that's when I notice that some it starts to come through and like I can hear myself talking, but I feel like it's not me talking. <laughs> so yeah, and get the information. It's, it's really interesting. And so what do you coach on with your students? You teach theta healing and runes. So talk to us a little bit about how you work with your students. Is it group setting or one-on-one or both?
2: Well, when I'm teaching, I do a few different things. So when I'm teaching runs, I'm teaching theta healing. Those are hands-on interactive classes. Mm -hmm. So all the theta healing classes are, it's a group of four or more, and we do it on Zoom. And I teach the principles, then we practice, and I'm watching them as I practice and giving them tips and helping them. So it's very much about refining your skills in real time. Mm -hmm. And also you get to receive a bunch of healings. Mm -hmm. And then my coaching, I have group coaching. So I do, I have group coaching just for Theta Healers, which I call the Mirror Club, which is super
1: fun. Yeah, that sounds fun. And then
2: (laughs) it really is. It's a mix of like practice sessions and dancing and we do other energy work Mm -hmm. inside of it. And I do business coaching Mm -hmm. because I want my students to all come be healers if that's their path. Yeah. And actually make money at it, and make money faster than I did.
1: Mm-hmm. Then, you know, that's the part too. Is it like you know, as light workers, we're on a mission to help people, Well, we also live in a monetary society, and so you know, as as much as we want to help people, I, mean, I think a lot of practitioners do get stuck in the pattern of maybe gifting sessions for free just to get started. Mm-hmm. And and I myself found myself in that pattern as well. And so it's kind of it can be challenging. So. That's amazing that you work with your, you know, clients on that and teaching them and how the business side of it as well. Yeah. And
2: recently a few of them have asked me to do one on one coaching. Mm. And so for that, again, I just rely on my ability to channel. And so when I do take someone on one, it's very much what do you personally need, not what what am I telling the group that they need. Yeah. So that's been really fun.
1: What are you working on next or do you have any projects or books or anything upcoming that you'd like to tell us about?
2: So many on October 17th through the 19th, I'm doing one of my events because I used to run psychic fair. Oh, how fun. And so now that we're online. Yeah. I do a thing where like it's called magic money and miracles. Mm. And so each day I'm going to be interviewing four different magical people and then they get to present their skill and interact with the audience. And it's just four hours a day for three days. I like doing big, long events. Mm-hmm. But I also love presenting my friends to the world and sharing the magic. And it's only like 44 bucks. So it's actually a really sweet deal because you get like 12 whole hours of wow. healing.
1: Yeah. That's and amazing. then I'm,
2: I'm launching my empathy coaching program, which is open to anyone. It's really about clearing the space for your gifts. Mm. And then I'm writing a few books, so.
1: Talk to me a little bit more about empathy coaching. What goes into that? So do you work with people who are empaths on how to like not take on energies around them or? Yes, I do that. I do a lot
2: of things. I always uh, screen people when they come in. So I know exactly what this particular group is going to need and I'll tailor it to that group. Mm -hmm. And I use the word empath really lightly or openly Mm -hmm. Because I find for some people, they're like, oh, they'll say that they're empathic, but they won't say that they're psychic. So I meet them with their language to help more people feel welcome in the group. And it really is just about opening your gifts, accepting them, and hopefully getting everyone to the place where they can channel. Because I believe everyone has gifts of some sort, and it's about relaxing and
1: allowing and accepting them. Yeah. And I think it's hard for a lot of people to accept because society you know, society can label us as crazy or woo woo. And then, you know, there's not fear of judgment. I've struggled a lot myself personally, Marie, with that, not wanting to even, you know, step into my work because being afraid of being labeled. And so I think that though that more people are being accepting now as alternative types of healing, and you see a lot more spiritual entrepreneurs stepping into the light. And so, I'm hopeful that's going to shift and more people are going to be able to step through and really Mm. embrace who they are. And yes, to your point, we all have gifts.
2: (laughs) I tell you, the first time I walked into a party in San Diego and someone said, what do you do? I said, I'm a professional psychic. It was like the skies opened up and there was like this huge shift just to be able to publicly say, you know, this is me. I'm gifted. So I want everyone to have that feeling. Yeah, and it takes a lot of courage too. (laughs) It really does. Especially back then. This was before TikTok got popular and all the TikTok witches were sharing their things. So I know TikTok is like good and bad, but I'm grateful for that. I love TikTok.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I really do. Like I'm um, one that sometimes I like find myself and I have to get off of this app (laughs) to put my phone away. (laughs) Mm, It's been so amazing chatting with you today and getting to know you real time. Do you have any final like words or any advice or anything you'd love to leave our listeners with today? I mean, just
2: really trust your own intuition. Like I mentioned before, I really do believe that everyone has some sort of magic in them and that when you love and accept all the parts of yourself, even the weird parts of you or the
1: parts that you're judging, you can do anything. I just love that. I've talked a lot about intuition on this show, especially today. It's so important because... Society wants to confuse the hell out of us, <laughs> you know, between social media, the news, people just coming at you with all their opinions. And it's so hard to really just know what to trust, what to believe, what is real. And so it's more important now than ever before to be able to fully trust our intuition. It's, it guides me on everything these days. <laughs> I don't believe anything. If I see something, I'm like, hold on, let me check. (laughs) So it's like our own internal, you know, fact system. Well, thank you again for coming on to the show today, Marie. It's been such a pleasure. And if you can also just tell us where listeners can find you.
2: Yeah, my business is called House of Kellen, and that's K-E-L-L-E-N. So you can go to houseofkellen.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm really bad about TikTok, so don't expect too much out of me there. (laughs) Unless you want pictures of babbling brooks. That's about all it is.
1: So. <laughs> and for listeners, I will link all of Marie's information into the show notes. Bye for now. All right, bye.
0: This podcast is brought to you by The Soul Experience, quantum healing hypnosis. Are you ready to embark on an inward journey of quantum healing? Quantum Healing Hypnosis is the most profound method of inner work and self-healing someone can do while on a spiritual path. In a single session, you experience past life regression, exploration between lifetimes, self-healing performed by your subconscious, release of trapped trauma, and answers to your most important life questions. Your higher self has a message for you and is here to help you and guide you on this life journey. Book a session today with Jennifer Mitchell at thesoulexperiences.com.